get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Tanner Hendrickson and I'm Brandon Kylie. We get to questions and answers in about 10 minutes or so. But right now we are going out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. It's been a minute since we've been able to catch up with the Blues analyst for 101 ESPN. He's Joey Vitale joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Joe, how you doing Joey, today, man? Joey, Joey, Joey. What's up? What's up, boys? Doing great. Just left 17. The morning skate. Everything's checked out good there. And, uh, Heading home for a quick little lunch, a quick little nap, and a great game tonight against the New Jersey Devils who come to town. Yeah, it should be a fun one. This is a fun uh, New Jersey team that's going to be coming into town. And, Joey, the Blues have a little bit of uh, a new look to them, I would say, in terms of the way that they're playing. Craig Berube has discussed this a little bit over the last couple of days with the the way that they're forechecking right now. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. What have you seen from the Blues forecheck since the break? What's changed for them in that regard? Well, I think it's been, it's just been consistent from every single line. You know, I think that, you know, all the players, it sounds like from talking to some of them this morning and from watching the morning skate and seeing the last couple of games, I think everyone's just kind of playing a, a freer style. And a part of that style is, is just that consistency of, of being on the forecheck and knowing what makes the team successful. You know, the combinations of reasons for this kind of this freed up ability amongst the guys, I think, I think, you know, with the Tarasenko trade, I think that this is a, a player that's wanted out for a while. And I think the reality is that it, it's kind of sent uh, a particular message throughout the organization and team where, you know, you have a guy that, you know, maybe doesn't want to be there. And then uh, coaches have to adjust on that. Players got to adjust on that, you know, and, and then into the game, you know, maybe, you know, you're catering to certain players over other players. And, and I think now with, with this next chapter of Moving on from Vladimir Tarasenko, it, it appears that there's just a lighter feel. That you know, I'm not saying it's a better better feeling or, or worse feeling. It's just it just seems lighter. It seems lighter with the players, lighter with the coaches. Um, and then with that, I think everyone now knows that uh, it's just got to be that consistent approach to the game, uh, whether it be forecheck or whatever kind of style it is. But but it is a consistent style about what makes the team successful, um, and it starts with the forecheck and being physical. Joe, I'm not sure if you've had any conversations with any of the defensemen since uh, they've gotten back into action, but Mike Van Ryan had a great quote with you guys after the game the other night talking about how teams uh, playing better as a five-check than a four-check and talked about the defensemen not backing off as much. Is that more of a, a scheme change, or is that more just confidence in individuals? Um, you know, Alex, it's actually just, it's, it's more of a change that only can happen when, uh, let's just call it, I guess, um, dependability. You, you got to have someone, uh, I guess, reliable might be the better word. It's a change that can happen when you can rely on someone being there. So, you know, one of the biggest parts of the game, one of the biggest parts of the year, or areas of the game that makes the Blues 
really successful when it comes to the, the five-man four-checking unit. When five guys are in on the four-check or five guys are in on the offensive zone, you know, you would love for two lines, the two defensemen, you would love to see them be aggressive and pinch like we've seen over the last two games. You know, the other team would be the Devils tonight trying to work up. Maybe it's Nico Heischer coming up the defensive zone wall. If, if he's smacked right there by Colton Frakel on a pinch, you know, you're making it very difficult for a team to leave their zone, exit their zone. And that's what the Blues got to get better at, right, is, is keeping it in the offensive zone and making it more difficult for the team to leave their defensive zone. And, and to me, the biggest area for that is when you can have a defensive pinch. But I say the word reliable because the, the D for a lot, a lot of parts of the season, they haven't had maybe a reliable forward that's been that high F3 in the offensive zone. That forward that doesn't get in there, maybe in the corners, he's the one way back out in the high slot area. Because the defenseman, they need to have that there. That's the safety blanket. Because when they're aggressive and they go pinch, they want them to be all out, 100% committed to get the puck. And they can be that when they high forward there. When the high forward's there, then he's going to come over, replace the defenseman, and let the defenseman almost act as a forward in that moment to pinch and keep the play alive. So, yes, you want that defenseman to pinch. You want the, the D to get active in the offensive zone and make it miserable for the other team to come out of their zone. But it cannot happen unless you do not have a reliable F3 all game long, and that gets back to the consistency of the style they're playing in the offensive zone. Because when that's there, it, it makes the opponent's life very difficult to get out of the zone. Joey, I don't know how to ask this any other way, so I'm just going to ask it bluntly, and you can take it in any direction you'd like to. Was Vladimir Tarasenko a bigger problem than we thought on the outside looking in? Uh, no, he was not a problem. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko was not a problem. Uh, I think Vladimir Tarasenko is a competitor. I think he's very passionate. I think we saw that in his play. I mean, he's a, a franchise player. He's an all-star. I play with plenty of players like him. And look at Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon had a reputation for a while of snapping on the bench, breaking sticks, yelling at teammates, right? Because he's a competitor. And I think that, you know, for those types of players, the best in the world, I think, learn over time how to harness that energy and, and just keep it to productive. Like I look at Sidney Crosby. Watch when Sidney Crosby came into the league. He was snapping sticks, yelling at reps. Uh, players were getting under his skin. He was taking retaliatory penalties, right? But he learned uh, through great mentorship of Mary Lemieux, uh, rather, uh, Retchie, whether it be uh, uh, Billy Guerin, plenty of veterans that surrounded him to, to harness that energy and use it in a more productive way. Um, I think for Tarasenko, to me, he reminded me just a lot of Nathan McKinnon, where his passion, his energy, his love for the game. He wanted to be successful, and he wanted to be successful not just only for the team, but the fan base in the city of St. Louis. Uh, sometimes maybe just went over the line a little bit. You know, Curbs and I were calling a game in Arizona a couple weeks back. It was a third period. It was a frustrating game. They're down 3 nothing at the time. He comes back. He slams the door, you know, slams his stick. He starts barking at Cairo. Cairo starts barking at him, right? I mean, again, you hate to criticize the passion because that, that passion also has made him – the elite goal scorer and helped the Blues win a Stanley Cup in 2019. So you don't want to criticize the passion, uh, but at times I think the passion kind of stepped over the line a little bit into a negative way. Where at times I think that you know players and coaches alike, um, you see it just about with every team. Uh, you have to lean into those those players and you have to get those players going because you need them so much. Right? It's not you're not catering to a high maintenance player. You know you're catering to a guy that can help you win hockey games, right? So that's where the balance is. So it's, it's good that Craig Berube and then the coaching staff, of course, was trying to 
cater to him because here's a player that can actually win you hockey games when, when he's on his game. So how do we get him going? Uh, but at the same time, when, when their game falls off a little bit and you find yourself still catering to that player, that's when at times it can kind of send a bad message throughout the team. And I think that that's kind of where it came to over the last couple of years, certainly this past year, uh, with everything uh, for Vladdy when it came to him wanting to get out. And then, um, of course, still trying to make that marriage work when it just probably for a while there wasn't working. Joe, uh, a final one, and we've talked a lot about March 3rd trade deadline, and of course that's what everybody seems to bring up, but you are talking about a team that has won back-to-back games and going into this one where they got a little bit of a tougher opponent. Can you see a change of heart from Doug Armstrong between now and March 3rd? Oof, I mean, gosh, Alex, that's a, that's a really great, great question, and unfortunately I'm not, I'm not the person really to be asking that i mean I, I appreciate the question i just i can't put myself even remotely in the mind of doug armstrong and what he and what he's possibly thinking right now you know i, I would imagine that after that five game losing streak heading into break i would imagine that maybe his mind was made up at that point what he wants to do you know i mean look you found yourself in, in a pretty bad spot around that time uh, but now you look at the, the flip side I mean, the Blues right now are you know eight points back of the Minnesota Wild, and they have one game in hand. I mean, that game in hand. Let's say you beat the Devils. Now all of a sudden you're six points back from the Minnesota Wild, and I know a lot of other things got to happen, but you're not that far off, guys. We got a lot of hockey still ahead of us, right? So uh, for for Doug Armstrong, if if I had to put myself in that shoes, I think that the moves he wants to make, I think he's still going to make them, but at the same time, he is not going to put this team in a position where they're they're going to bust they, they just won't i think that he is going to make strategic moves that are going to help this team's future but also i think he's been really good at and, he, and he's shown this in the past that he's also going to make those moves and, the, and part of the part of the return of those moves whatever they are are going to be maybe prospects or players that can help you right now and again this is the team i'm just talking robert bortuzzo about 20 minutes ago he's like we're, we're there like I don't know what everyone's talking about. We're, we're right there. And you know what? They kind of are right there. And if they keep trending in this direction, and Minnesota, for example, keeps trending in the direction they're trending, I mean, before you know it, you can rip off a 7-1, and one, an 8-2 and two run, and all of a sudden some other teams lose ahead of you, and you're right back in that mix. So to answer that question, Alex, I'd say, you know, I think he's already made up his mind on a couple more moves, and I think he will see those moves through. But I do think there will be returns that are going to help this team right now because I think Doug Armstrong, if he wants to do one thing, he wants to stay competitive. He's told me that before. His own words. I want to always, always, always stay competitive. He's never been a coach, or never been a GM, rather, to just fold in. He's always been a GM that's wanted to stay competitive. So whatever he will get back for the moves I think he's already having his mind he's going to make, I think will help this team still make a huge push for a wild card spot for the rest of the season. He's Joey Vitale. You'll hear him on the call tonight. Fun one. Blues versus the Devils. Pre-game with Alex and Joe starts at 7 o'clock. Puck drop with Joe and Curbs coming up tonight at 8 right here on your home for the Blues 101 ESPN. Joey, it's great to catch up with you again, man. Glad to hear you on the call once again tonight for Blues versus Devils. We'll talk with you again next week. Hey, sounds good, boys. You guys have a great weekend now.